Hey guys, welcome to episode 36. I call it the seventh inning stretch. We're, I don't know, six or seven weeks into the, the school year. and Actually, we're in the eighth week. And we're starting to get really comfortable. And the weather is kind of, we're, we're, it's beautiful here in New England. We're at peak week for foliage, which is amazing. But that means winter's right around the corner. And we are having very mild, beautiful weather. And so we are just kind of going through the motions because we don't have to be worrying about anything right now. Uh, things are good. Uh, things are comfortable. But are they too comfortable? Are they too peaceful? Well, let's see. not too late to sign up for the next Coffee with Jesus box. We are brewing up local coffee from Manchester, New Hampshire and diving into the Psalms together. Yes, and every Friday there will be a Facebook Live devotional that we can talk to each other about. And let's interact. And be sure to get onto our email list because there's a freebie coming on prayer and I want you to be one of the first ones to get it. So head over to Coffee with Jesus box sign up for our email and go on over to our shop and add it to your cart so that you can get the next box full of goodies. See you soon. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I wanted to talk to you about something that I've noticed lately. This time of year, it's, uh, I don't know, October, mid-October, we're getting into the swing of things, a new season, school, maybe work, depending on what you do. I want to talk to you about the seventh inning stretch. That is my theme today. And why is that my theme today? Well, because we're all getting comfortable now. If you've ever been to a baseball game, that's about the time where you've been sitting long enough, it's time to get up, it's time to stretch because your body is just getting used to the situation. Maybe your legs are falling asleep even from sitting too long and you, your body needs something different. So there's the seventh inning stretch where everybody is encouraged to get up, to stretch, maybe dance a little bit, sing together, play some music. The whole stadium gets into it. And that way you are ready and alert for the rest of the game. Because otherwise, I think they found that the reason they started doing this was fans started leaving because they were tired. You start getting a little too, or maybe you, maybe those, some fans have had a little too much beer and it's time to cut them off. Because they also stopped serving alcohol at this point because they want people to be sober to drive home. So there's a few different things going on there. But change needs to happen at some point during the game so that the fans will stay, will continue to cheer and encourage the players. And it's just a good environment all the way through the nine plus innings of the baseball game. Well, we're at that point now where we need a seventh inning stretch. It's time to stand up. It's time to look around. It's time to wake our bodies back up, to shake things off because I've noticed this time of year, especially here at home and our school school day, our school week even, and I've also noticed this with some of my friends' kids who go to public school, that everyone's starting to get comfortable with the routine. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually good. People are getting into the rhythm. We're getting into um, the typical routine, and we're getting things done, but the passion is gone, maybe putting the best foot forward is gone or starting to dwindle. Maybe it's not gone, but maybe it's starting to dwindle. 
We're getting familiar with our surroundings, with our schoolmates, with our teachers, with our administrators, with everybody around us, with uh, our environment itself. Maybe it's a new school, a new grade, and there's a whole new mix of people around us. If you're a teacher, you have a new class this year. Every year is different, but you're all starting to get to know one another and you're starting to get very comfortable like a family. You know, familiarity is another great word, which is where we get that from. And so we're starting to become a little bit more like our natural selves who we, we, we let down our guard. We let down our best foot forward because we're comfortable. And that is human nature. That's what we do. And it's okay for the most part. But what about when it comes to our spiritual walk? Are you getting comfortable? Yes, we, we, we serve a God of peace and we are meant to find comfort in him. But are we getting comfortable with our lives where they are, with everything going on around us? Are we relaxing our guard? Are we not paying attention to temptations coming at us? 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. That's what it says. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no until you, you're comfortable. It doesn't say until you're sure that nothing is going to go wrong. Because, my friends, we have a long life on this earth, God willing. We always need to be alert, be ready for anything, and stand firm in our faith. Always. Because we serve a powerful God who gives us our strength. But there's also an enemy lurking around every corner, just waiting waiting for us to become complacent, waiting for us to not be paying attention. He's very sneaky, very sneaky. He understands that our faith is strong and that our trust in the Lord is great. So it's harder to trick us if we're well-knowledged in the Bible. We are spending time with God on a daily basis and we're in the word and we know scripture. But he will even use scripture. He did this to Jesus to trick us. He will use little things, our little weaknesses, to get us, to tempt us away from God's best for us each day. He will. He just waits. He's got plenty of time on his hands. He's going to wait. So when we let our guard down, which we all do because we're human, we're tired, we're comfortable. When we let our guard down, that's when we're at our that's when we're the easiest target. That's when we're most vulnerable. So we have to be very careful about that. Mark 14, 38 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. We're all willing. We all know what we know. We all know the right things to do. But the flesh is weak. And that's so true. I know that it's true for me. I'm sure it's true for you. We all have our little Achilles heels that get us every time. And I'm not going to sit here and list out all the things that get me because I'm sure I've mentioned some of them before, but we all have our weaknesses. And I'm sure you're thinking about one particular one right now that you're susceptible to more than other things. Think about that. And let's look back at the beginning of the scripture of Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Those are our commands. Watch and pray. 
pray. God is on our side. Pray for your weaknesses. Pray for the things that get you every time. I know I do. I have to pray and I have to pray and I still fall susceptible. Even though I trust that God has my best, I still have to do the thing or not do the thing, depending on what it is, right? It's still up to me to make the choices. He's not going to make the choices for me. And I do have to watch. I have to pay attention to the situations that I can put myself in that are most tempting to, to stray from his goodness for me, to cheat on the things I'm not supposed to be cheating on, i.e. for me it's food, just letting you know it's not my marriage, <laughs> so don't go there, uh, not in a million years, um, although I am human, but let's just hope that that is never an issue, because I have an amazing husband, and I would never ruin that, so anyway, but I have to watch, I have to watch where, where do I tend to fall susceptible to that temptation that always gets me and it's never good for me in the end. And when I say end, I mean my back end, friends. <laughs> I have to be careful not to put myself in situations where I always know that I'm going to be complacent about food, about eating the wrong things, about not exercising. Those are my things. I guess I am telling you what they are, but those are my biggest temptations to not exercise because I really hate it and to eat delicious foods when I really don't need to be eating delicious foods at certain times. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a time and place, but I, I have more times and places than I ought to. I will just say that right now, but I am praying about it and I am getting better about it little by little because for me, it's hard. And I'm sure there's something for you too that you get complacent about. Where do you need your seventh inning stretch? Where do you need to put on um, new eyes? Where do you need to pray harder about? Where do you need to be more watchful? What area of your life does the devil tend to snare you more than any other? What about for your kids? Where are they becoming complacent? Are they becoming complacent with their schoolwork? Are they becoming complacent with their attitudes? Are they becoming complacent with habits, daily habits. There's so many ways that our kids can be complacent. It's just like us. It's just that they're in a different stage of life. So their complacency affects us greatly because they're under our care. And so it annoys us just as much as anybody else. First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. There's that stay alert. Pay attention. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So picture that. Picture what the devil looks like prowling around. And you probably just heard my little kitty cat meowing. He prowls around. He's a mighty hunter. But he's stuck inside now. He only has three legs now because he, he although he won the fight, he didn't win it with all his legs. And so he's not allowed to go outside anymore. But he's still yearns to go out and hunt but he what and he watches the squirrels and the birds and the mice and the chipmunks he watches them from the every, every window he will dart from one end of the house to the other because he sees whatever his target is going that way he is a mighty hunter except that now all he gets to hunt are the mice inside our house that don't survive because he's a mighty hunter so it benefits us that he's inside 
But he is a mighty hunter. He prowls. He's really good. You should see some of the things he used to bring home. And he, thank God, never brought them inside. But it was impressive to see how agile and quick he is. He's a planner. He sees the long game. And that's what the devil's like. He waits. He's got plenty of time on his hands. All he gets, all he really has to do on this earth is to prowl and devour us. That's his main goal, to keep us from God, to separate us from God. That's his goal. And he's got plenty of time to do it. So he can watch us. He can learn about us. He can strategize. He can wait. He is probably better at waiting than anybody else on this planet. He will wait for the opportune moment to tear us away slowly, slowly, slowly from God. It starts small. We don't even notice it. But in the end, it, it's the worst thing. We don't want to be torn from God. The good news is that God brings these things to light because the devil lives in darkness. And where there is light, darkness cannot exist. It cannot at all. Even at night, you know, I've talked about night lights before with the kids. Even at night, if there's just a glimmer of light from a night light, from a, a star, he puts stars and moon in the sky, even just a little bit of light brings out the darkness and it's not so scary. I hate to say this, but holiday shopping is just around the corner. Yep, coming October 1st, you are going to start seeing sales and sales everywhere. Well, I've got a great place for you to head for your holiday shopping this year. If you're looking to support small businesses in America, this is a great place because goodgiftsgalore.com is bringing a lot of small businesses from across the country to one place. They have procured some of the best gifts from these small businesses in one place so that you just have to go to one place and shop. It's goodgiftsgalore.com. There are gifts for him, for her, for the kids, for the home, for the teachers, and more to be added every day. So what you see now may or may not be there a month from now, so grab the deals while you can. And guess what? Good Gifts Galore is giving you $10 to shop right away. All you need to do is sign up for their email and you will get $10 to shop in their store right away. You can use it right away. Okay? And they're going to let you know about all the sales and sneak peeks of new products that they're adding daily. So check it out regularly. You never know what you're going to find, but all of it is going to be great quality, unique, sublime, cherished gifts. So head on over to Good Gifts Galore and check out what their catalog has to offer today for your gift giving needs. Become the best gift giver on the block today. Goodgiftsgalore.com. All right, I'm back for part two, friends, and I want to start by reading the rest of 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11. So I read 5, 8 to you, but here comes the rest of it, starting with verse 8 again to remind you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Let me keep going, though, because it gets better. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Faith is our weapon. Faith is our strength. God gives that to us. We have strength in him. 
Remember that you're, you're a family of believers, so you're not alone. Oh, we're not alone, you guys. That's why we're here together. Such good news. It stinks fighting things alone, doesn't it? Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You're not the only one going through what you're going through. We are all tempted in some way. We are all weak in some way. We all get complacent. We all stop paying attention. You're not alone, friend. I'm not alone. It's such a good feeling to know that we're not alone. And we keep going. Verse 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have, <clears throat> excuse me. So after you have suffered a little while, we all got to suffer somehow. It's, it's just part of being human. He will. So you hear that word will? That's a promise. That's a promise word. Will. It's not might, maybe, sort of, kind of, if. No, it's he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And there's more. He will place you on a firm foundation. Your, your bottom's not going to fall out. You're not standing on quicksand. You're not going to fall through anything. He will place you on a firm foundation. That's so helpful. <laughs> it's so secure. Let me finish with 11. All power to him forever. Amen. We need to give him the glory for that because we can't do this on our own. That's why he gave us a family of believers to be together. Um, sure, maybe sometimes we suffer together, but we can also have faith together. We can find God's strength together. We're not meant to do things alone. We are restored from him. He restores us. It doesn't say anything about anybody else restoring us. We're not restoring each other. We're supporting each other. We can, we can sympathize. We can pray. Praying your prayer is so powerful. I've talked about that a lot. And prayer is so powerful. I'm sure you already know this. Um, that's why we have one another, to lift one another up in prayer where the other can't. But God is going to put us on a firm foundation so that we don't fall through the cracks the devil can't have us when we're in his grips when we're in god's grips the devil can't take us out and i think the devil forgets that and you know what too bad for him he can't have us we belong to god that's the best news ever we belong to god and because we have jesus christ we have direct access to this eternal life that god has provided for us because jesus makes us righteous in God's eyes. So amen to that because that is awesome. We can't find that righteousness on our own. We screw up. We are complacent. We forget. Oh man, do we forget as humans. It's all through the Bible. <laughs> Feel free to Google it. You know, forgetfulness in the Bible, whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, all the way from Old Testament to New Testament, people forget the glory of God. They forget the majesty of God. They forget the omniscience and the omnipresence and the miracles of God. They just forget. We forget as humans how powerful God is, how present he is, how peaceful he is, and how loving he is, and that we are his. Always, always, always. No one can pluck us from him. We can pluck ourselves for a little while sometimes, but we are his and he's always waiting for us to come back if we do such a thing. So, But try not to do that. 
It's just so much better to be in his hands, in his arms, than than to be wandering around with with all this wonder and misunderstanding and questions. And he can handle our questions. So bring him, bring him. God can handle our questions. God can handle our, our frustrations, our anger. He can handle all of it. He is God after all. He understands. He sent Jesus to help understand. It's amazing. So bring it on. Rather than be complacent, bring it on to God and, and just lay it at his feet. He's ready. He can restore you. He can strengthen you. He can comfort you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. I love that verse. I love that verse. It's so energizing and comforting at the same time. Something we get to be ready for. Something else to watch for. It's not just all the bad stuff. We also need to be aware and alert for when Jesus is coming back. Now, none of us may experience this physically in this lifetime. Like, we might not get to see Jesus coming down in the cloud with the trumpet sounding. We might not get to witness that while we're here on earth. But we will get to witness, excuse me, so sorry. We will get to witness that from some vantage point, whether it's from earth or heaven, because it will happen. But while on earth, let's pay attention. Let's stay alert and let's be ready for it. Don't you want to be ready for the party? Don't you want to be ready for the time when we are fully restored physically, spiritually, mentally? I want to be ready. I always want to be ready. So that's why I stay in the word. I stay in prayer. I'm here with you. I want to help you be ready. And because it's just, again, so easy to be relaxed and forgetful and complacent um, and just humdrum. I mean, you pick, pick your synonym for complacency. There's so many. <laughs> I'm not going to list them out. Go get a thesaurus. Go to thesaurus.com. You can find some. Pick your synonym. But it's so easy to fall into that. But don't forget that Jesus is coming back. He is. Luke 12. This is kind of a long one, so be, be ready for this. But it's really important to hear the details. Luke 12, 35 to 48. This is kind of fun to read because it's so detailed. It's like a story. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. What? He's going to serve us? What? He comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake. Blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. We never know when that's going to happen. You also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, so that was actually through 40, not 48. Sorry about that. I misread my numbers, but um, we need to be ready for, for Jesus. Pre- prepare your, your house for when he's coming. Be ready to receive him because it's so good. It's the best. It's the best news. He's coming back. He's going to come back and make everything right. He's going to make everything perfect. He's going to restore. It's kind of like what, I mean, yeah, I've been in, in deep in Joshua this the past few weeks, but it's kind of like what God did for Israel in the promised land. He cleansed 
the land so that they could dwell with him in their presence. So let's cleanse our spiritual land, each one of us, so that he can dwell within us, among us, around us. And when he's ready to come back, we are ready. We are ready. Oh, it's so good. All right, last one. I'm going to leave you with this. First Thessalonians 5, 2 to 9. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So it's just going to, it's going to come. We don't know when it's coming. There's plenty of people out there that try to predict it. But we really don't know. I mean, that's just a foolhardy attempt at trying to wait for Jesus. Um, we just need to ever be waiting for Jesus to come back. While people are saying there is peace and security, there's that complacency. Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. That's that hardship time that we go through, right? That we think, oh, where's God in this? He's there. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light. Remember I mentioned the light? Children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we, are, we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, for a hel- and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Christ Jesus. That's for everybody 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 god wants everybody to be with him he understands that there will be people that just never will and that's really depressing really sad and brings me to tears when i think of some people that may never come to him but there's always a way always a way he's not destined us for wrath because wrath sucks. Wrath is awful. How do you feel when you're, you're angry? Like so angry you want to spit. How how do you feel? It's not fun. No. It's he we're not destined for that. We're destined for the the peace and love and salvation and eternal life with Jesus. So that's good news, friends. So stand up well. If you're driving, don't stand up. <laughs> Maybe just stretch one arm and then put it back on the steering wheel and stretch the other arm. The back of the steering wheel, maybe shift your shoulders a little bit. Careful not to go off the road if you're driving. But if you're not, take a moment and physically stretch and just think about God and just say, Oh, thank you, God, for reminding me to wake up. And I'm going to pray that right now for all of us because I need it as much as you do. Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us that we need to stay alert. We need to stay awake. We need to stay aware because the enemy is always ready to pounce. And if we are not paying attention, it's going to be easy for him. We don't want to make it easy for him because we have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the helmet of salvation. In Ephesians 6, you give us all of the weapons that we have available to us every day that we need to put on the armor of God. Put on your armor. Thank you, God, for providing that every single day. It's new and shiny every day. Thank you for allowing us to always have that at our at our fingertips, to put on our our armor, to protect us from the enemy, to save us for you. We are yours, God, and we thank you so much for that. We thank you for the promise that we can never be plucked from your hands. We thank you 
for the promise that you will restore us when we need that restoration, that you will place us on a firm foundation when we feel like the bottom is about to fall out. We thank you for reminding us to to be awake when things just become humdrum, when we get into a rut or a routine and we forget that we need to stay in your word, we need to stay in prayer with you, that we need to be in your presence because this life is hard enough without you. Why would we choose that when we know that walking with you makes this life a lot easier, not perfect, not always easy, but because we have you to carry us through those hard times. We are not alone. We have you, we have each other. We have the power of prayer and we have the hope that is in Jesus Christ. It is in his precious name that I pray all these things. Amen. All right. Hope you guys feel better after that stretch. And I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I am so glad that you joined us today. This is so much fun to be able to encourage you and remind you that God loves you and wants to partner with you in your parenting journey. Remember, he made you the parent of your kids on purpose. If you like this episode, please, please take time to rate and review it so that other people can find this podcast as well. I'd really appreciate it. And I think so would other people who get to be blessed by this. And share it with friends and family that you think it would bless too. Let's spread the word and let people know that God loves them and wants to be with them each and every day in their parenting journey. Thanks for stopping by and I hope you join us next week.